Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Houston fans have been waiting for this for a long time. Big 12 football, U of H Cougars clashing with last year's national championship runner-up, the TCU Horn Frogs, and it's time to fill up TDCU Stadium by a Cougar Paul package, which includes three games, and you can select... TCU is one of those three games. The package is only $66. It does not include the Texas game. Get your tickets today. UHCougars.com slash tickets 713 go Cougs. We're also going to give away a pair of tickets. The first person that calls Joe and answers this question correctly, 713-780-3776, who led the Houston Cougars in receiving yards in the 17-14 win against UTSA last Saturday? Who led the Cougars in receiving yards this past Saturday? First person to call and give Joe the correct answer, 713-780-3776. You win a pair of tickets to see the Houston Cougars Big 12 opener against the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, Blankers, Jose Altuve went nuts yesterday. Uh, we've seen a lot of these conversations going on today. Where does Jose Altuve stack up? Greatest Astro, second baseman of all time, greatest Houston athletes of all time. Uh, we've had this conversation before, not prisoner a moment. Um, I already believed that Jose Altuve was the greatest Astro. It sounded like you also yep. believe Jose Altuve is the greatest Houston Astro. Um, from a Houston perspective, and let's eliminate the individual sports, because it's really hard to compare individual sports to team sports. Like Simone, Simone Biles, Biles right. absolutely is deserving. Carl Lewis is absolutely deserving. I think George Foreman is a guy, too, that you can kind of throw into the mix, a former heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, so medalist, right? What's that? Gold medalist, too, is an Olympian. George Foreman? Yeah. I think that's I right. I believe that's right. Yeah. I mean, Carl Lewis, you, some would argue, is the, like, the most decorated yep. U.S. Athlete. man athlete ever. Uh, track athlete. Track yeah. athlete. Because Phelps, Phelps, Phelps probably passed him. Yeah. yeah, Phelps probably passed him from a, like an overall perspective. So team sport, and let's go major three, because that's what most of our listeners listen to. Like Some people will throw in Brian Ching with the Dynamo. understand. Cheryl Swoops and Cynthia Cooper, outstanding. But let's Tina go the Thompson three. Too. Don't forget her. Yeah, Tina Thompson. So those are like the – let's go three majors – Team sports. And we've talked about this in the past. I think that we're on the same page with this. I think that you've also said that Jose Altuve, Akeem Olajuwon are in your top tier. Is that correct? That's correct. I have Jose Altuve, Akeem Olajuwon in my top tier, and no one else is in that top tier. There's people that are close, but they're all second tier, third tier. It's the difference between the argument for J.J. Watt is the, the argument against is he didn't win anything in the playoffs. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He didn't do enough like the other two guys. But then the argument on the positive side is, but look what he did for the city at a time when they needed him most. Mm -hmm. And when you can't do it in sports, if you do it another way and you do it at the magnitude that he did it, is that worthy of being in the conversation? I think it was a worthy effort by him on and off the field. I think he is 
up there in terms of status in the city of Houston all time from a sports pers- legendary perspective. I just don't think it, it gets into the same realm as the other two guys. Yeah, I think that J.J. Watt is on that next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not it's not an insult to J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, best at his position, like Jose Altuve has been the best at his position, like Akeem Olajuwon was the best at his position. But the two championships come into play. Uh, should J.J. Watt be blamed for not winning titles in Houston? No, he doesn't. But does it diminish the legacy when you're comparing it to the all-time greats? I, I think it does. It makes it not quite stack up to Akeem and uh, into Altuve, I think that I think Earl Campbell is on that second tier as well. Was three time offensive player of the year, won an MVP. I think that Justin Verlander is on the second tier. I think Nolan Ryan is on is that Clyde, second tier. Clyde's close because of what he did in college. Now, see, I was going to say the high school college aspect factors in. I'm probably putting Clyde third tier. Quite frankly, the negative is he played the majority yeah. of his career in Portland, but he was part of one championship in Houston. I don't think that Clyde makes my second tier. Like I don't, I don't have Clyde on the same list as Verlander's a two-time Cy Young in Houston, two-time World Series champion. Now, Nolan Ryan does not have a Cy Young, does not have a World Series title where Clyde has won, but Clyde did it on the tail end of his career. I probably have Clyde on the third tier just off the second. Did you put Baggy and Biggio on two? See, Bagwell, I think I have second, and I think I have Biggio third. I think Bagwell is a better player than Biggio. I think Baggy and Biggio for me would be tier two. I think most people would agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I want to like, separate Bagwell Biggio because I think Bagwell is better than Biggio. This one's hard to separate numbers from emotions because of the fact that when there's an emotional tie to a city, it can have a lot of clout to it like stats do. Like when you know that those guys played their entire career for the franchise. They gave everything they had for your team, your city, your franchise, every moment they were a professional on the field. And I think that goes, and then the way that they, you know, biz with the Sunshine Kids and the way that they endeared themselves, whether they won a World Series or not. Mm. I think that's why I have them both on Tier 2 because both off the field and on the field, there was that attachment to them that people could not let go. No one played for a lot of teams. So I think they love the association with the Astros, but they know he was an angel and he was a Met and, and, you know, and, and a Ranger. And so it's harder for me to put Nolan on Tier I wouldn't put Nolan on Tier 2. I'd put him on Tier 3. That's interesting because that's not going to curry a lot of favor. But that's my opinion. But I also don't – I mean, I don't really put up a huge fight there because I've been on record and firmly believe that Justin Verlander is the greatest Astros starting pitcher of all time. So if Verlander's on my second tier, Nolan Ryan's on my third tier – I can I can appreciate that. Earl Campbell's definitely on that second tier for me. And it sounds crazy that we're throwing names like J.J. Watt, Earl Campbell, uh, Justin Verlander into our second tier, but it's because no one else is on the same tier of Jose Altuve and, and uh, Akeem Olajuwon. Akeem Olajuwon, MVP, won two championships for this city. They had two parades in this city. Jose Altuve has been an MVP, has been in two parades for this city. And I understand that it's nuanced. I understand it's nitpicky. But J.J. Watt never made it to an AFC championship game. Is that his fault? No. But does that impact his legacy relative to Jose Altuve and Akeem Olajuwon? For me, it does. For Blankers, it does. What do you think? 713-780-3776. Here's the other thing when I was thinking about this to kind of limit the list and understand the tiers. We'll just go team by team. If we just said right off the top, Astros, greatest player of all time. If we both agree it's Jose Altuve, yeah. well, then Altuve's on it. Bagwell will be getting – he'll get some votes. I don't think Biggio gets a ton of votes, but somebody will bring He's up Biggio. He's though, so I think he will get some. A lot of people bring up Nolan. A lot of people will bring up Nolan Ryan. But I think that clear-cut right now for most, it is Altuve head and shoulders above. Now, he still has to finish his career. 
See, and end up in the Hall of Fame. I don't but know, still, man. If Jose Altuve retired at the end of this season, he's still with Akeem as my top tier. Okay. Now, I don't have him ahead of Akeem. I don't have him ahead of Akeem right now. Well, it's a, it's a tougher argument because now statistics matter in the favor of the guys that you're not putting at the level of Altuve otherwise. Now you're dissecting Akeem and Altuve. Uh-huh. Akeem longer. Akeem Olajuwon's also borderline top 10 greatest basketball player of oh, all time. Doubt. I think he is a top 10 greatest basketball player of all time. Jose Altuve is not one of the 10 greatest baseball players of all time. I no. think that's where like there's a big difference. And I, I talked about this with Beard, you know, I think like a week ago or whatever, this came up again. And and my argument is, because he was Team Altuve over Dream, and my argument is, did the Rockets make a mistake when they drafted Akeem Olajuwon over Michael Jordan? The answer is no. It was yeah, I'm the, not going to say that they did. Like, Hakeem Olajuwon was the right pick. He's one of the best players in NBA history. If you can say that you were not a mistake when you were drafted in front of Michael Jordan, it puts you in a different tier. Yeah. Like, and he's well, a top 10 player of all time. And it's the Cinderella story of Altuve which which will get to people as well I, and where he came from to get where he got. But to me, it was... Wouldn't Dream well, qualify for that too? Well, I think yeah, what, Dream was the first overall pick. What helps Olajuwon too in this conversation, greatest athletes in the city of Houston, Olajuwon went to three Final Fours at the University of Houston. I was going to say, the so Cougar like, factor's coming throw in, in too. that caveat. Like, not only did he bring the first major three uh, sports, two titles, mm-hmm. won an MVP, but he also went to three straight That's Final was... Fours at the University of Houston. So, like, Olajuwon, to me, gets the edge of Altuve. Olajuwon, the top of Tier 1, greatest Houston athlete ever. Altuve's on that same tier. He's on Tier 1 with Akeem. And then you start talking about Tier 2. And where does Wad and Earl? Definitely on Tier 2. What's the trickle down with three? Where is Clyde? Like, there, there is a lot of greats in this city. No one greater than Akeem. And then no one greater than Jose Altuve except Akeem. And from a football perspective, that's what I was going to say. For me, not to put anybody else on Tier 1, it's who's the greatest Houston football player of all time. If we're going to say Oilers slash Texans this or one's, just Texans. This one's tough, man. That's like, where it's going to get down to it because the, the clear cut for me, there's no one better than Dream. And I don't care Rockets or otherwise. And, I, and miss me with all the Harden stuff. Because no, Harden had that close. little pocket where people that were drinking the red Kool-Aid were like, James, is this good or better than Dream? Then you didn't watch enough basketball. And you don't you, you don't know basketball like you think you do. Because it's Dream and it's Altuve. Football's a different conversation. Because you can look at J.J. Watt and put him in the mix. You can look at Earl Campbell from the Oiler days and put him in the mix. You can look at different guys at different times and say, these guys were really good, but the windows were smaller. The results were not even close to the other two guys in terms of winning championships. So to me, it puts them a notch down no matter who you choose as the football representative in this conversation. Three four zero three, but the quantity of players in the NBA and Major League Baseball makes a difference too. I hear you. Twenty six man rosters in Major League Baseball, twelve man rosters that play in the NBA. So it's like you know half the amount of uh, of basketball players versus baseball players. But let's prorate it. Like if Olajuwon's top ten with twelve man rosters, and Jose Altuve's probably got to be top twenty with twenty six man rosters, or top twenty five with twenty six man rosters. I don't, I don't think Altuve's top twenty five. I think he has a chance to go down as a top. Two top three greatest offensive second baseman ever. Uh, he's he's not top twenty, top twenty five all time greatest baseball player ever. And now kind of nitpicking Altuve, which I don't want to do. But Olajuwon's at the top of the list, and Olajuwon too. When they were winning their titles, like if you want to go usage and like how much of the points were Olajuwon versus like how many runs were produced by Jose Altuve, obviously a lot. Now Altuve's had some big moments. I think Olajuwon was more instrumental. Like you can even go to last year's he World carried. Series. Altuve didn't have a great postseason no. last year. Has been great in his career in the postseason last year, not so much. Where you 
you don't even think about winning a title no, if you he, don't have Olajuwon playing well. The clear-cut Batman that carried him was Akeem Olajuwon. Now, he had guys along for the ride. He had a Robin when he had Clyde. He had a whole team of people that were the absolute right fit at the right time in 94. But at the same time, there was no doubt who the man was. When you look at the World Series Springer had in the first one, when you look at the way this team had always the guys that were, that were stepping up, you, you don't say the same thing about Altuve. But, but when you look at the, the body of work, the one thing that you say about Dream that always matters to me is if you're going to go and say this guy back in the old days, would he have been great? Yes. But the key to me is would he be maybe argument, arguably better than he was in his career if he was playing in today's rules when they don't have a center in the All-Star game anymore, when they just say it's a big, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about you know him and Duncan, power forward versus center, who gets what classification. If you just say the, the, the most dominant, gifted, talented big men of all time, Akeem Olajuwon is right there in the top of that discussion. 713-780-ESPN. Let, let's carry this over to the other side. A lot of textures, callers want to get in on this. We, we didn't even answer the, the best football player in this city, too, because I think that's a really good debate as well. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of the Norwegian Blue. This parrot is no more. Yes, cease to be. Want to remind you, Houston TCU coming up a week from set football season is here. We're heading into week two of the college football season. You got the Thursday night game as well in the NFL, but you got to head out to the U of H Big 12 home opener. It's right around the corner. Cougars hosting last year's national championship runner-up, the TCU Horned Frogs, a week from Saturday. Just gave away a pair of tickets, Houston TCU. But you got to get in on the Cougar Paul package, the best deal in town. Three games. You get to pick three games, and you can select TCU as one of those three games. Package is only $66. does not include the Texas game. Get your tickets today, 713-GO-COUGS, uhcougars.com slash tickets. The the atmosphere was incredible uh, this past Saturday at TCU Stadium. U of H starting 1-0 with the win over UTSA. Let's do it again a week from Saturday. Fill up TDECU Stadium for the Big 12 home opener Saturday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Come early. Enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, which includes a massive LED TV screen. So you can watch all the games before you walk into the stadium. The Bud Light Backyard, great spot for a drink. The Coke Fan zone, great spot to hang out, food trucks, and you have a bite before you head in, and much, much more. Spirit of Houston at halftime. Entertainment by the cheerleaders, Cougar Dolls, Shasta Sasha, DJ Yobi Yobes in the student section, and the Houston Cougars opening up the Big 12 against TCU. Get your tickets now, 713-GO-COUGS, uhcougars.com slash tickets. Don't miss all the fun pageantry of college football. Come early, be loud, and wear red. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. All right. A lot of people, who, who do you think's the best Houston football player of all time? Because you asked the question, we didn't I really did. answer it. I did. Uh, I think I, it's a two-man race. I, I think it's JJ and it's Earl. It's, it's the two-man race there. Yeah. It's a two-man race. And each of them won three-time player of the year. JJ did it defensively. And then Earl did it on the offensive side. Earl got to the AFC Championship game. JJ didn't get to the AFC Championship game. I give. I, they're on my. They're both on my second tier. By the way, they're both second tier for me. 
I give the slight edge to J.J. because he did it a little bit longer than Earl. Played about 30 more games in Houston than Earl did. Like, if you want to have the off-the-field conversation, yeah. like, Earl's a great man. J.J. Watt with the Hurricane Harvey stuff, they're on the same tier for me. They're on the same tier. B- both won three-time player of the year. J.J. defensively, Earl offensively. It's very, very close, but I give the slight edge to is. J.J. I-, I think the off-the-field is definitely a huge bonus for J.J., and I think the disadvantage for Earl is Earl did what he did with his punishing running style at a time when medical technology wasn't even close to what guys have today to where maybe his career could have been elongated by the kind of medical technology we're talking about these days with arthroscopic knee surgeries and how quickly ACLs and, and the different injuries. Because Earl just got absolutely beat up for that, that with injuries that will be with him the rest of his life and yeah. debilitate him. And, and and that shortened his career. But I think that the dominance when he – it's two guys on different sides of the football that were both dominant on their side of the ball. And so it is – it's a really tough call. To me, I, I'm going to – I'm actually going to lean J.J. because of the off the field, because of all that he did for a city at a time when a lot of athletes would have headed for the hills and just said, I play there, I don't live there. But, you know, they would have stayed clear of it. The fact that he got his hands dirty and got the money where it needed to be and raised the amount of money he did – I think it matters. Some people are saying Warren Moon. I don't think Warren Moon's in the same conversation with J.J. and Earl, quite frankly. One-time player of the year. Um, I mean, let's see. I mean, all Unfortunate, but his career, I mean, by the time he was really shining in the NFL, he had played a lot of years in the CFL. He was 28 when he made his NFL yeah. debut. It certainly probably would have been a, a factor. Yeah. I, I don't. Warren Moon's not on the same tier as Watt and, uh, and Earl Campbell. 713-780-ESPN. Five eight five six. Nolan from Alvin still lives in Texas. Strikeout king. Seven no hitters. Altuve might not be the better player than Biggio. How fast you guys forget? All right. So you're talking about what they did in the city of Houston. What they did in Houston. Yes, Nolan Ryan had seven no hitters. One of those came as a Houston Astro. Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young. Nolan Ryan never won a World Series with the Astros. He's not even as good as Verlander. And I know that's sacrilegious to say in Houston. Justin Verlander has two Cy Youngs with the Astros. He has two World Series with the Astros. He has the lowest ERA in franchise history. Justin Verlander, better starter than Nolan Ryan. So let's start there before we start saying that Nolan Ryan's the greatest Astro of all time. Didn't forget, but you can't count seven no-hitters where six of them were outside of the Astros organization. Yeah, he's the strikeout king, but he didn't even spend a majority of his career in Houston. Some would say he wasn't even the best pitcher on a couple of the best teams he was on with the Houston Astros. And I love Nolan, so I hate that you had to make me go there, but there I go. There you go. Uh, look, when, you can, when you're having the debate about who's the greatest football player amongst two guys, then I don't know that it's worthy of putting them on the top tier with two guys that are clear-cut, not only the best at each of their teams in this city, but also each have two championships in their back pocket to show for it and all the individual accolades and all the things that they accomplished. I think that, you know, there's a two, I think there's a two headed race just to be the best football player in this, in the history of the city. And I think that it's a two headed race to be the greatest ath- team athlete in the history of this city. Right now, I think Elijah wants a, a slight edge over Altuve. And I think that JJ's a slight edge over Earl Campbell. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Tom, you're in the high with the killer bees. What's up, Tom? Hey, fellas, uh, I'll try not to drop a young fella on you, but I'm going to tell you, first of all, Earl went to two AFC championships. He drug defenders with him along with the rest of the Oiler teams. 
quarterback was Dan Pastorini. The best offensive lineman was Carl Mock, who was a journeyman. And the defense, there was a couple of really good players, and it was a good unit, but they were never uh, much higher than a 10, top 10 defense, as far as, you know, middle above middle of the pack. And I'm telling you, he carried the ball 40 times a game. Let me just tell you, maybe not medically he would have lasted longer because of sports science and all that, but it was because nobody ran the ball 40 times a game. Yeah. Well, they ran him. In, they you know, literally uh, ran him uh, into the ground. There's no doubt about that. Well, he wanted. Let me just say this: there was never a time that he didn't want the ball. That was the way it went. So, coulda, shoulda, woulda. But he was the best running back in football from the time he was uh, a rookie for the first, call it four years of his career, and well, then he was still damn good. After. Wasn't he the best running but back I mean, in college football and, for at least a year too? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I watched him fumble five times against Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl, and that was hard <laughs> That's not good. That's was, James Harden. I, I was eight years. I was eight years old. I remember nineteen seventy-seven. It was cold as hell. My dad had a bet with the guy, and he if if, if Texas lost, he would put on his his uh, Notre Dame stocking hat and wear wear it out of the stadium, and he did. And I was I was heartbroken that he did that, but. I, I appreciate the call. Tom. Appreciate the call. Look, I think the biggest thing that to the point that Tom makes is what we said about the other two guys, especially Elijah. One talk about shouldering the load and being the guy that carried the entire team like Dream did. Mm-hmm. Earl did that for the Oilers. When you look at those Oilers teams, Pastorini got the hell beat out of him. Their defense was really good and really solid, but offensively, aside from what Billy White shoes Johnson and some receivers that could occasionally make the big play. The fact of the matter was, Earl was the man that was the battering ram carrying that team on his shoulder. See, I think they have very similar careers at different positions. Because yeah. uh, Earl Earl was the best running back in the NFL from the moment he stepped foot in the NFL for three, four, five years. J.J. Watt was the best edge rusher in the NFL for a three, four-year stretch as well. Now, Watt had a little bit more longevity than Earl did. You know, Earl playing the running back position falls into the end zone more times, obviously, than J.J. Watt's capable of doing. I think that I have a tough time deciding between the two. I, I, I think they're very similar careers on the field at two different positions. What's so interesting about J.J., though, is you, you can't ignore 2014. He had five touchdowns. Like, that season... Is, couple, that was one where he had a couple offensive? I think it's... I think, Four of, the four of them, five? I think, were on the like, offensive side. Four of them four, were? I think okay. four of them were. He had 20 and a half sacks that year, like five touchdowns. He was second MVP, obviously defensive player of the year. It's just that season is so special. That How close was Earl to an MVP? Earl won an MVP. Yeah. Earl okay. won an MVP in his second year. He finished top three three times. He went second as a rookie, first in his second year, and then second in his third year. So now – it's easier for an offensive player it to win is. an MVP. It absolutely is, but nowadays still, it's a quarterback award. That's a, that's a bonus for Earl to be above JJ in that. It's really, really tight. I'm telling you, like Earl Campbell could very well again. Let's be also ahead of JJ. Let's also reiterate: we're not slamming either guy. No, it's not. It's not any disrespect to either guy. The fact that they're in the conversation is very meaningful, but it also means something that because we're debating it for the actual representative for football, and we're not for baseball and for basketball. It's tier two we're talking about. I, I think for, for Earl and JJ, it's purely an age thing. See, I'm putting them it both on be. my same tier. Like, I, like, they're both on my same tier. I've I never I've 
I've watched every single thing I can about Akeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. Like, I've watched as many YouTube videos and playoff games. I've watched all of it so that way I understand what I'm talking about. There's very little I can really watch of Earl Campbell. So, like, I can't even really Well, the Monday night him. game where they were, you know, he just yeah, but ran just like, through Miami. It's just so grainy and, like... You can't really watch it on YouTube like you can even watch stream stuff. So, right. I, I for me, it's JJ, but that's just because I was born '92. Like I don't, I really can't have like a strong Earl Campbell over JJ Watt take. Here's a here's an under. I think the most underrated football player in the city, Bruce Matthews. I think Bruce Matthews is the most underrated football he player was, that's ever. He was a seven time All Pro. He was the non modern day Joe Thomas. He right? was unbelievable. If you're going to give accolades to Joe Thomas for like. All the all pros and playing, you know, every game, whether you got had playoff success or not, never missed a game. Bruce Matthews, like, same way. Bruce Matthews was, I, I think Bruce Matthews is the most underrated football player this city's ever seen. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Colin Coward had some things to say about the quarterback class of two thousand twenty four. Had some things to say. C.J. Stroud came out of his mouth, and a lot of Texans fans are telling Colin Coward to keep C.J. Stroud's name out of his mouth. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. First, a moment on HR. P Human Resources and Payroll. It's Cougar owned by Mike Holly. He used to protect a Heisman Trophy winner. Now he wants to protect you, wants to protect your business. HRP members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row. Business owners, let HRP help you. They can help you with HR compliance. They can help you with benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRP can help in any or all of those areas. There's no boxes with HRP. Doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job. HRP completely customizes a plan for what you and your business need. You have a problem? You have an issue? You want to take a little off your plate, a lot off your plate? HRP will find a way to help they do it in a way that's unique technology meets service they have the best technology you'll absolutely love that but you'll love their service as well guaranteed fulfillment you won't be talking to a stranger on a call board you'll be talking to someone who knows you they know your business needs give them a call at 281-880-6525 let hrp customize a plan for you 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net that's hrp.net Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. We'll get to the CJ Collin thing in just a moment. 713-780-3776. Dave wants to get in on Earl versus JJ. Let's get Dave in here. Dave, you're in the hive with the killer bees. What's up, Dave? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Listen, I'm old enough to have been around for both. And, uh, I mean, nothing against J.J. Watt. It's a great player, this and that. But it's nothing like the hysteria that was around when Earl was out there. And you have to realize, they came within a bad call of the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Renfro play. considered one of the greatest dynasties of all time. And they would have been in the Super Bowl in Pittsburgh, played in Pittsburgh. So, it, 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 and we all know that one person can't make you win at all. I think uh, Hakeem... Carry, carry the Rockets. Whereas I don't think Altuve does. He, you know, he wasn't going to do that without pitching. You see what I'm saying? Um, you know, but but Earl Earl is, is ahead of, in my opinion, All way right. ahead of. Jake Thanks, Dave. Dave, Dave, the call. Dave talked me into it. Dave talked me in. Earl over JJ. You talked me into it, Dave. I'm with you now. I'm, they were they were I'm, a play I'm, away I was from being thinking the, Super the same Bowl. thing. I was thinking about the same. Talk me into it because I do remember watching. The film on Earl. I do remember, even at Texas with the tearaway jerseys, how he would go through jerseys. 
and how he was just such a wrecking crew. He was doing things that Bo Jackson's was, Bo Jackson was getting accolades for later, and the Cosell calls and the way that, that Earl went about his business. And I think the offense gets more credit for stuff than defensive players do because it changes ball games. So I was kind of leaning after Dave's call, too, because I really didn't see, like, or he did. If he saw them both like that, I, I think that means something. Honey Glaze Branham, uh, Hakeem over Altuve, Blankers, your bias is showing. Uh, no one's crapping on Hakeem, but all the ALCSs he's been to, where he was the pivotal point for getting them there, all the World Series he's been to, and possibly more. To me, it's not a close race. See, and that's fine. You can have your opinion. I have mine. But, I, I mean, I'm, it's not about the bias. It's about, yeah, I, I mean, I lived every moment with both guys. But when I watched the way Akeem played the game, there was never a question who was the, the most dominant player every single night for the Houston Rockets during that run. And, and you forget about the times that they got screwed in calls in Seattle in 93 and the way that they were still competing. And the fact that they weren't the front runners when they won it in 94. They're the lowest seed. They were the lowest seed to ever win a title from the sixth seed. So when you're looking at what they did, how they did it, and who was the most dominant player every single night, it's two different sports. There's a lot more players involved from an Astros perspective, but it's not about the bias. It's just calling what I see. And the dominance of the main player for the Rockets over that time was clear-cut one guy all the time. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Um, and he did in college, as you said. Yeah, the the th- I mean, three final fours is U- University of Houston. Go Cougs. Uh, Colin Cowherd was talking about the. A lot of people in Houston kind of took Cowherd out of context here a little bit. He was talking about the rookie class of quarterbacks coming out in two thousand twenty four. Talking about how they're very very good. How these NFL quarterbacks need to put some good stuff on tape, or that all these teams are going to be looking at the quarterback class. Now Houston is dissecting the part that Colin Cowherd had to say about. Um, I had to say about C.J. Stroud. And here was Colin Cowherd whenever he talked about C.J. Stroud. Don't tell me you watched college football the last two weeks and didn't think, damn, those guys are good. They can run, they can jump, they can pass. It's deep, it's underneath. And what does it mean? It means your NFL executives are going to be very impatient with their quarterbacks. Jordan Love, bruh, win now. Green Bay's drafting a quarterback if that kid doesn't look good by Thanksgiving. Justin Fields, I think it's going to work. If it doesn't, we're moving on. There's too much talent out there. Dak Prescott's gotten really, really expensive. Uh, C.J. Stroud, do you give him a second year? These guys I'm watching are more athletic than C.J. Stroud. All right, there's your cog. Kyle Howard just had to say about C.J. Stroud. A lot of people have lost their mind about that. I'm, I'm still laughing that he called Jordan Love, bruh. That was funny to me. The Collins' bigger point was these quarterbacks better play bruh. well this year <laughs> because there's a lot of quarterbacks coming into the draft next year that are really, really good. That was the big point, which I agree with Cowherd that this draft class coming up has tons of really promising quarterbacks. Starting at the top, Caleb, Millia, Caleb Williams, Drake May, you know, even Riley Leonard at Duke looked pretty good the other day. He's got a shot to be pretty good. The Yuga Layla kid who went to Oregon State looks good now that he left Clemson. There's a lot of good quarterbacks coming up in this draft. Now, what he said about Stroud being not athletic, talked about Sanders, too, at Colorado, more athletic than Stroud. Stroud's not known for his athleticism. I think he's more of a sneaky, athletic kind of guy. When he needs to put his athleticism on display, it's good. He's not Mike Vick, but it's good enough. I, I would relate it to Deshaun Watson, quite frankly, in terms of the athleticism. I, I I can understand where Coward's going here. I don't think that the Texans would be moving on from C.J. Stroud anytime soon. No, though. but what what I think he's saying is is the fact that the Cardinals taking Josh Rosen in the first round one year and moving on in one year's time and, and moving to Kyler Murray is going to be more of the norm than the, the rarity that we saw that happen. That, 
that quarterbacks are going, it's going to be so key. We already said it's the most important position in all of sports that if you have any inkling, you can upgrade. It's just like anything else because it's a business. You upgrade the position anytime you get a chance to. And if you've got a really good quarterback, but you got a chance to get a great quarterback or one you think is better, you have to explore every option. You have to make every move. And sometimes it's not going to make everybody happy. And I think that's the bigger thing than taking it personal to have it directed directly at C.J. Stroud. And I think a lot of that is spillover from the fact that he's been highly critical of Stroud before and the Texans. But I think overall what you're saying is what we saw from Jalen Hurts. We always thought that you know it's a pass-happy NFL, so all you can do is pass the football. And that's what you need is a great passer to be successful. Well, the way that the offenses have have spread out spread out and used the running game and the RPOs and the fact that it, running game is more important than ever from a quarterback means that there's a different skill set that's going to be required of guys in this league to find the kind of success teams are looking for. And if you don't have it or there's questions about it, but there's a guy that can give you that element as well, teams are going to explore that. Yeah, I'd rather have a pocket quarterback than a guy who runs, quite, quite honestly. But if you do both. Look at what Jalen Hurts has done, and then they gave him the receivers to go do it. Sure, both would be great. But if I had to pick one, I'd rather oh, have passing a pocket. Over running if it's just singular. You still have to beat teams from the pocket. Like You have to be able to win from the pocket to win at the highest level. If you can do both, that's great. But that's kind of what I like about Stroud. Like The thing that I hated about Deshaun was I was questioning whether Deshaun could beat you from the pocket. He liked to scramble. He would take tons of sacks. Stroud's the opposite of that. Stroud's quick. Stroud's precise. Stroud wants to get rid of the football. I like that about C.J. Stroud. Now, to, to Coward's point about... You know, moving on from quarterbacks and as it relates to our city, he talked about, you know, if CJ Stroud struggles, the Texans can move on from CJ Stroud after one year. That is incredibly unlikely. It is a long shot for that to happen on multiple reasons. One, CJ Stroud's going to have to be awful. He's going to have to be really, really bad for the Texans to be thinking about drafting another quarterback. Plus, if you just trade it up for a quarterback, he's really, really bad. Do you want to get in bed with another rookie quarterback? I think that's something you, you really have never seen in NFL history quite before, with the exception of once. The other thing is, you don't have your draft pick. So that's if like CJ Stroud's really, 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 really bad, you don't have your draft pick. Now you're hoping what Cleveland's really bad, and you can use that draft pick, future picks, to couple up, trade, trade up, whatever, whatever, whatever. I took a, a look into this in this millennium. How many times a quarterback was like benched by his second year? There's only been one time in NFL history where a quarterback was selected in the top 10, and then that team took another quarterback in the top 10 the very next year. You mentioned it. it was Josh Rosen, 2010. Rosen was the number two, 10 pick in that uh, 2010 draft. He was traded before his second year, and then they selected Kyler Murray at the top of the 2011 draft. There's been three other players that have kind of been benched in their second year. Matt Leinard in 06 started the year, but was benched in Arizona for Kurt Warner. And then 2021, Zach Wilson was had some injuries, but they got benched for Mike White. Trey Lance, do we want to call that a benching? Do we want to call that an injury? I'd probably it's more injury. He got lost for the entire year. So this actually hasn't happened a whole lot in NFL history. The only real example we have of it is Josh Rosen. So Coward sounds like he's a little bit off his rocker on this one. Or I think he thinks that it's going to change the norm. That The fact that, you know, you look at a guy like Richardson. Richardson's going to be a guy that's going to be more run-heavy than pass-happy. But when you look at Lamar and you look at, at Hertz and you look at some of the quarterbacks that have had success and, and, and the team success more so with Hertz because he he polished up his passing, they gave yeah, him the, weapons The point is pass. the Texans moving on from Stroud, though. Right. So I'm saying, but if you can get a guy that seems like he's – Again, again, I say from good to great. If you get a guy that's good, 
but you have a chance to get a guy that's great. We talk about the landscape of the AFC. In the AFC, you're thinking about it as a general manager differently than probably the NFC because the majority of the really good young quarterbacks in the league are sitting there in the AFC. So now you don't necessarily, you can't be looking at just being getting a good quarterback or a top 10-ish quarterback. You need a quarterback that's going to compete with Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and all the. So what are the chances the Texans do that next year? That's why it's, it's, I think it's slimmer. But I think that it's also teams' philosophies are going to change from a general manager where it's not going to be taboo to, to move on quickly from quarterbacks. I understand yeah. that part of the point. I, I, I think, think I think only... they're going to move on quickly. I think one year is where the extreme is here. I think that's where Coward's radical. I, the teams move on from quarterbacks incredibly quick. The radical nature of doing it the very next year I think is unheard of, and I think it will stay unheard of. Yeah, I think it's really all going to be a case-by-case basis in which a GM is on his last leg, he drafts a quarterback, they fire that GM, and then that new GM makes a decision. Like if Nick Casario, let's say the Browns were the worst team in the NFL and the Texans are the second worst team, but they still have the first pick in the draft, Nick Casario gets fired. Yeah, then I think it's a real conversation. That's about the only way it could happen. It, 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 like, or it's like you said, though, Joe, it's a guy on the way out who already took a flot, took a chance drafting up high on a guy like Trubisky. Yeah, and but then, Trubisky played for five years. Yeah, I think, yeah, he was a Pro Bowler in year two. Oh yeah, but I'm but I'm just saying. But from a general manager's perspective, if you you know you're going to lose your job and you don't care about the, the the capital you have anyway, or or what it looks like if it if it has a chance to save your job if you get a guy that might be better, I think general managers will think that way too. I I, I honestly I, I guess I just I think what the the Bears did is way more likely to be the norm than what the Cardinals did, mm-hmm. where the Cardinals they bailed, but they also knew Josh Rosen. He was historically bad, and he was historically bad. And like they just ignored every all the signs. Like they ignored all the signs about him as a a leader and a person, and not just the quarterback. I think it's more likely that you're going to see a team like the Bears, who had the number one pick, and they said, "Do we have our answer about Justin Fields? Absolutely not. Are we going to take Bryce Young now? If Caleb Williams was there, that's a different conversation. They would have taken Caleb Williams. They would have moved on from Justin." But most of the time, that quarterback that's sitting there is Bryce Young, not Caleb Williams. The only way this happens for the Texans is is the scenario y'all drew up, where the Texans are awful, Nick Casario gets fired, C.J. Stroud looks in over his head, and then the Texans, for some reason, because the Cleveland Browns are awful and they have the number one pick, yeah. that's the only, it's, and it's far-fetched, it's unlikely. 713-780-3776. Where are we on the fact that if they had their own pick and all those things happened, it's more likely that it would happen. It's uh, only, happen more likely, or, or the cha- I think okay, it's yeah. more likely only if they had the number one pick. And I think Casario would. I think Casario would have to be fired too. I'm not taking Drake May over CJ Stroud. No, or like yours or Shooter Sanders. No, it would have to be the number one pick. It would have yeah. to be Caleb Williams, and it would have to be a new general manager. And CJ Stroud would have to be awful in his rookie year, which I don't think is going to happen. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Vera, you're in the hive with the killer bees. What's up, Vera? Hey guys, I appreciate you letting me call in. Uh, a few points here. Uh, so, Josh Rosen was from the 2018 draft, and uh, Kyler Murray was drafted 2019, not 2010, 2011. The second point is this is the same Colin Coward who said, oh, Jalen Hurts is never going to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and, and be the best quarterback in the AFC. Of course, Dada, because it's not going to, he's because he plays for the NFC East, not the AFC. So, that's one thing. But I think. It's not a question of just being him being historically bad. I think with Josh Rosen, like you said, there was just a lot of off-field red flags about his attitude towards the game, whatever, being a little spoiled and all of that stuff. I think for whatever we've seen little with uh, Stroud, CJ, I think he seems like he's like a good head on his shoulders. 
unless he pulls on the Deshaun and says by the end of year one that I want out, I want to be traded or something, there is there is uh, no way Texans are dropping. But if the Texans finish bottom three and they do decide to fire Nick Casario, that would likely be at the very end of the season. So the new new GM, if it's Adam Peters or whoever, that person might might choose to go a different way. But I, I believe he's got at least a three, two to three year run with him. I mean, look at look at Tua, right? Tua struggles with injuries and this and that for the first couple of years, and then comes in Mike McDaniel. And but for his injury last year, he would have been a Pro Bowler. So I'll, I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thanks. I'll be I'll be honest. I stopped listening to Vera after he fact checked me on a typo. <laughs> My goodness. Back check, like, oh, check me on a typo, Vera. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was 18, not 19. I fat-fingered the zero instead of the nine. That's my bad. The, the, it does not take away from the point whatsoever. Look, th- this is a less than a 1% chance of happening, and it would require it would require so many things, a perfect storm of awfulness. It would require C.J. Stroud being incredibly bad, historically bad, Josh Rosen bad. It would require the Houston Texans being historically bad, but not as historically bad as the Cleveland Browns. This is this is a far less than one yeah. percent chance of happening. Yeah, I mean, if you, you want to talk about a couple years, I, I, that being more in consideration and on the table for general managers than ever before, then absolutely. But yeah, in a one year scenario, I, I just it, it, I, I think he's out of his mind for saying that. But I understand that it's going to be more considered and more maybe more leading to trending towards happening more frequently. But it's not going to happen anymore. I got I got God by Vera. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Will's uh, Will of Bits. We'll see what Joe and the Will of Bits have in store for the Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. There's a big football game tomorrow. Uh, you're probably wanting to throw down some money on it. Well, I have just the place for you. My favorite sports book and casino. It's BetUS.com. Football is back, and it's time to lay down your bets and win some money. I only endorse one sports book and casino, and that's BetUS.com. BetUS is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting service. Special offer just for you this football season. Up to 30 risk-free bets. All the fun, all the bets, and it's risk-free. That's right. 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protect. And if that is not enough for you, BetUS offers the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. That's right. The industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. And there's even more. BetUS.com offers a massive 200% crypto sign-up bonus and a 250% casino bonus. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it to another level at BetUS.com with live in-game betting. Do not wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer, up to 30 risk-free bets. Play tomorrow, play this weekend. Get Bet Protect. Get started today by visiting BetUS.com or just call them. 1-800-MY-BETUS, 1-800-692-3887 to learn all about their bonuses and special offers. That's 1-800-MY-BETUS, BetUS.com, sportsbook and casino, where the game begins. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Justin Verlander, that's that music you hear. Justin Verlander on the mound tonight in Arlington. Astros going for the sweep, the sweep of the Texas Rangers in Arlington. It'd be big, be a big one. See if they can finish off the, uh, the boys from South Oklahoma. You know what they say about the boys from South Oklahoma? Kinda. Uh, 
Toronto lost a baseball game. It's cross Canadian ragweed song. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste it. Uh, Toronto lost. They lost to Oakland. So that's good news from just kind of you're separating yourselves a little bit from a team that could catch you. So the Astros now two up on Toronto, which is good because that's the the line of you're out of the playoffs because Toronto's actually Toronto passed um, last night. They, they passed, passed the them. Rangers. So now with this loss, so I think they're tied again. So right now you you need both of those teams to both of those teams would have to jump you for you to miss the playoffs. We'll so the create some separation. Texas Toronto. Yeah. I don't think it's decided because they play three times next week. Oh yeah, then you're, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. big. That's gonna be a fun series. Yep. So the Astros trying to distance themselves a little bit more from Toronto, a little bit more from Texas. Uh, with a with a win tonight, we'll see how it goes. All right, what do the wheel have in store for us, Joe George? It's the wheel of bits on the killer bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm gonna get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for random question. Here's Joe and Jeremy and Joe. All right, mm-hmm. I like a good random question. All right, this one's been on our rundown for a while. No, we just never got to it. This went very viral on Twitter not that long ago. If you could pick, we're going to do football here. Okay. If you could pick one player and clone them and have them play every single position on the field, who are you picking? For football, the most versatile player could play every position. Yep. You'd have to play them at every position. Like a five tool. Just. It, well, it's up well, to you to pick. Yeah. And he has to play every position. Like, yeah, so all 22? You both can sides choose. Of the ball? You can Currently choose or anybody. Ever. 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 It's Ooh. fine. Or you want to do, let's do, let's do current. Oh, that takes away who I was going to pick. Okay, yeah, fine. Let's do, then let's do whatever. We can do both. We can do, let's go, let's go all time first. All time first. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going Cam Newton. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going Cam Newton. Like you got, I, I think you have to at least have a minimum ability to throw the football. That's he a does. Good offensive, that's plus a good he's a freak. Line. He runs really, really fast. He's big enough to block you. He's big enough to play defense and stop the run. He can play every single position on the field. I have zero doubt that Cam Newton can play. Like he's obviously like offensive line. You, you can't block JJ Watt. But in terms of I have to play one guy at every single position to win a football game. Look, I didn't even think that highly of Cam Newton as an NFL quarterback, but one guy I have to play at all 22 positions to win a football game versus the same guy you're picking at all 22, I'm going Cam Newton. I'm going Bo Jackson. See, Bo Jackson was my second pick. I think Bo Jackson is just the the most phenomenal athlete on the planet. When you talk about, you you don't know what you don't know about his passing, but you know he played baseball, you knew he had a strong arm, you knew he was the but just an unbelievable athlete. He had, it was the perfect combination of speed and quickness and size, and he could block and he could run, he could defend people. And, and if he could throw it all like he could throw a baseball, but he could throw when he had to to pass the football, I just think he's the consummate athlete to play every position. See, he was second on my list. The, the reason that I gave Cam the edge over Bo, though, is because I... Passing? Yeah. Although Bo had a cannon he in did. baseball. Now, Remember the one he threw out the yeah. guy from the warning track yeah. at home play? I think he it was had, Harold Reynolds. He had a cannon yep. in the outfield. Now, I don't know if that translates to like throwing passes, though, but Bo, Bo was my second pick. 713-780-3776. Who wins a game? 22 Cam Newtons or 22 Bo Jacksons? That's a good one. It's a really good one. Those are my top two. You got, you, who, Those are my who top are you two. going with, Joe? A guy we've already talked about today. I'm going to ground and pound JJ and Watt? run J.J. Watt into the ground. <laughs> OG said that. He said he'd go Watt Cat all day. I think he's trolling. I don't maybe know, he's like, serious. 2014 J.J. Watt, if I can have that guy where he's super athletic, it was three offensive yeah. touchdowns. It was two defensive touchdowns. Him, like, touchdowns. running routes is like a whiteout, though. Like, he, defending speed as a corner. We're not, we're, we're not throwing nothing. Yeah, that's the other but thing. how about defending? We are, we are going high formation. How about defense? <laughs> Bo was an All-American track athlete at Auburn. Bo's a good He played ball. baseball. He played football. 
I mean, J.J. I, I, Watt with, like, quick twitch, changing directions yeah, like, and things yeah, like that. You're going to block four J.J. Oh. Watts? I mean, you have to get rid of the ball quick. You'd have to beat them on, like, short yeah, stuff. Well, you have see, to throw, like, a thing. lot of wide receiver screens, like, That's quick hit passes. That's where Cam Newton hurts you. Why? Oh, because of accuracy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's low S two I I don't I don't like Ooh, watch laptops. Ooh. Oh boy! Oh, come Ooh. on! You might be, you you might going be there. That one. Uh, Cam we Newton. Don't, we don't say that kind of stuff a guy about that got quarterbacks. Kicked, that, a guy that got kicked out of college for stealing a laptop. He's, he's doing his homework. A guy that scored a touchdown when he was a when he was busted out in the NFL. And he was back with the Panthers and yelled "I'm back" into the camera <laughs> like he mattered again. A guy that gives the Superman celebration when he was down by when he was down by three touchdowns you gotta live the brand you gotta live the brand brand over game um somebody said Dion. Dion's interesting uh, Dion was blocking Dion's not tackling Dion's the tackle offensive line Dion's not blocking defensive linemen Bo Jackson and Cam Newton and JJ Watt I had a different um like defensive back in mind yeah Sean Taylor Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor was unbelievable. I, mean, I just don't know how he throws the ball. I don't either, but like 22 Sean Taylors on a field at yeah, once. He's just the freak. ability oh. to just deliver a hit. And <laughs> Pity Jopru. Someone cracks me up. Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti. He was Who's still at in least the league, is he? I think he's been bouncing around practice yeah. squads. Yeah. All right, current player. Current player. You have to play him at all 22 positions. Who are you taking? Man. Um... I have a couple in mind. I got one in mind for sure. Go for Early it. on, Derrick Henry. See, Henry was one that came to my mind because then I can just like pound. Like he's gonna he's, he's gonna hold his own. He's a massive human being that can run and has yeah he has force, but he does have some quickness and speed, and he's shown all of that. He may not be in the the, the uh, he might be more in the twilight of his career than the prime, but just athletically, what he brings to the table to play mm-hmm. every position. I don't know how he kicks, but I'm telling you right now, that's a dude that could get it done. J- Jalen Hurts would be an interesting pick here because he's strong. Like oh he's God, have you seen this video of him doing squats? Yeah, he's super strong and big. I might go Micah Parsons though. Who? Just a good. freak athlete. Yeah, that's another like, one. Ooh, I think I might go Micah Parsons. I'm gonna take the worst throwing quarterback in the NFL. You going you're Justin Fields? Yeah, you're Justin Fields. He's Field. a homer. He's such hey, a homer. Sure. Just give me. You know, I, I almost took Walter. Walter can throw. Walker could throw. So Walter can throw. Kid. Like, he could kick. I think he, I got, was the, he was the reserve kicker. Yeah, I, Walter Payton might not be able to block him. He can do the rest of the game. Walter Payton was a hell of an athlete too. Somebody said Lawrence Taylor. That's a good one. Jim oh, Brown, yeah. Reggie Gronk. White. Somebody said Tebow. Get out of here. He Tebow. can't throw. Get out of here. I think Bo, I like Bo Jackson's chance of throwing better than I like Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow can't catch. We saw it on Hard Knocks or whatever <laughs> that was with Urban can Meyer. Can LT throw? I don't know. He can do a lot of things. I don't know if throwing's one of them. He can golf. You throw him down. I know. I played with him. There you go. Let me pick up that name that you dropped. All right, does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank on Branham. We have five. What's up next? Late hits. Late hits. Patrick Creighton up next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.